Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. About seven years ago, a video made the rounds of social media and I saw it a few days before Christmas. In the video, a woman in a Kentucky mall spies a shopper in line ahead of her, taking a few small items that her friend had brought to the cash register and adding them to her purchase. We don't know if the shopper at the register had forgotten something and sent her companion back to find the item. We don't know how long the lady had waited in line. But I do know I have done the same thing. During a Black Friday trip to Joanne's Fabrics, I asked my daughters to wait in line while I ran back and checked for one more bolt of fabric. I don't do this often, but I am guilty of this behavior, just like the two women at the cash register. In the video, the line was long and tempers short. When I did this at Joanne Fabrics on Black Friday, the line was long and tempers were short at five in the morning. But no one took us to task, muttering under their breath, or told us to go blankety-blank-blank-blank back to wherever we came from. But the woman in the video said all of these things to the shoppers at the register. She ranted about how her tax dollars probably paid for the lady's purchases, which is ridiculous. When she heard the two friends at the register say something in Spanish, the woman's vitriol increased. Those Latinas at the register could have been me. My heart rate increases just talking about this. You see... My daughters and I regularly spoke Spanish at the time I had one of them stand in line for me at Joanne Fabrics. My daughters consider themselves Latinas. Pedro immigrated from Cuba at the age of three. Because of this, he and I committed to raising our daughters bilingual. We only spoke Spanish at home and often spoke it quietly in public, just out of habit. Even though I didn't grow up speaking Spanish, I studied it in college. At one point in our lives, my family had to accept assistance from WIC, the Women with Infants and Children program, despite the fact that Pedro and I both had college degrees. Moving to a new job in a new state put me at the bottom of the teacher salary scale, and Pedro stayed home with the girls and went to graduate school. I made $12 too much each month to qualify for welfare. Yeah, that's the life of a teacher. I hated grocery shopping with my WIC card. But the milk, cheese, peanut butter, and cereal helped us through a rough time. No one in the crowd, the person videotaping the incident, pans around enough to show all the people, speaks up. The cashier, who appears to be a minority as well, says something at one point, but the screaming woman doesn't stop her tirade. Watching the video made me feel helpless and hopeless. It made me cry. Stories and words that poke at sore spots in my own life do that. Injustice makes me mad, even though as a pasty white middle-class woman, I don't often experience it, except for that one time when a co-worker accused me of being prejudiced against Hispanics. I remember responding with a snort of laughter and asking the man if he knew my last name. But that one incident aside, I live a life full of privilege. Incidents of injustice often leave me feeling helpless. Do I stand by? Do I speak up? Will saying something escalate the situation? This story from my friend Jill Lynch provides the perfect model for action. Here's what Jill has to say. 
Years ago, when I was a young single mom and had just started getting food stamps, I was on them for a few years, and I was buying food, a man behind me started calling me names. I turned around with my mouth open and stared. He called me a whore, worthless, stupid, and told me that I should get a job. I started crying quietly because my son started to cry. He was two, because he could tell I was upset. The person behind the register didn't do anything. She just kept her head down. Right then, a man came over and stood between me and my verbal assailant and said to me, Just take care of yourself and your kids, and I will walk you to your car when you finish. I will forever be grateful to that angel who quietly kept me safe. My attacker even started screaming at the man who was helping me, accusing him of being one of my johns. My angel made sure I was safe and was as okay as I could be in the situation. He played with my son as I paid for my groceries and made him smile. The man could have gotten into it with my attacker, but instead he made me feel safe. He provided a comforting presence to me, which was more important than hearing someone stand up for me verbally. I never felt safe again, paying for food with food stamps, though. As you can tell from Jill's story, people launch into verbal tirades for a variety of reasons whether they're racially motivated or just the plain old garden variety meanness. Here are six actions you can take to stop an attack, or at least make the person on the receiving end of it feel safer. Action number one, say something. I researched the incident further and discovered that the attack lasted longer than the YouTube video. During the unrecorded time, other people quietly admonished the attacker. Obviously, this had no effect on the angry woman or the situation. But sometimes, just speaking up will do the trick. Action number two, use your phone. The woman who videotaped part of the incident had the right idea. The footage made it possible for the mall to identify and ban the woman. Her behavior is illegal as per mall guidelines. J.C. Penney's also reached out to the women under attack and reimbursed them for their purchases. Action number three, Provide a physical barrier between the attacker and the person or persons under attack. According to my friend Jill Lynch, the man who helped her made her feel safe and thus able to deal with the situation. Of course, if the attacker has escalated to physical violence or you fear for your own safety, call 911 immediately. Action number four, calmly make generalized statements. You shouldn't try to speak for the victim according to one website, I'll leave a link in the show notes, simply make statements that show support. For example, I've asked a friend at the front of the line to purchase something for me before. We all do it. Action number five, assign tasks. If none of the previous interventions seem to help, it's time to take specific action in order to avoid the bystander effect. You can look in the show notes for more information about the bystander effect. Ask others in the crowd to perform tasks that will help defuse the situation. For example, Sir, please call 911 right now and let them know what's going on. Or, Ma'am, can you videotape this? I'm going to stand between these poor women and the lady yelling at them. Or, You, run and find a store manager. By assigning tasks, we avoid the paralysis of doing nothing in a situation that clearly needs someone to step in and do something. And action number six be empathetic towards everyone involved. We don't know everyone's story. 
While it's easy to judge the woman full of vitriol, it's also important to understand that maybe she had something horrible happen to her that day and she's reacting in an inappropriate way to something that she can't handle in her life. Empathy goes a long way towards smoothing over a situation. Whatever you do, don't just sit or stand there. The same day I saw the video, Pedro and I went to a movie in Flagstaff. The theater had assigned seating. When you purchase your ticket, you also select your seat number. I went in first and sat down while Pedro answered a phone call in the lobby. About two minutes before the scheduled start time, a Navajo family of four filed into the row in front of me. They looked at the ticket and then at the people sitting in the seats in front of them. I think you have our seats, the father stated quietly. You have to sit somewhere else, the seat squatters replied. The family glanced at each other helplessly. Finally, one of the children said, We have assigned seats. No one was here and the movie starts soon, the seat squatter said. Excuse me, I leaned forward and said to the squatters, Look at your tickets. All of the tickets have a seat number on it so that people don't have to get here early to get the seat they want. It's a new thing, a disembodied voice nearby chimed in as the lights went out for the first trailer. The squatters begrudgingly stood up and moved away, muttering under their breaths. But they moved. I gave a mental high-five to the voice that had joined me in insisting on justice. I don't know if the seat squatters suffered from prejudice, racism, or just garden-variety bully complexes. But it does work. If we all do our part to erase racism, prejudice, and bullying, together we can make the world a better place. Don't forget the six actions that you can take when you see a verbal attack occurring. Action number one, say something. Action number two, use your phone to videotape or record the situation. Action number three, provide a physical barrier between the attacker and the person being attacked. Action number four, calmly make generalized statements. Action number five, assign tasks. And action number six, be empathetic at all times. Join me next week when I talk about the surprising possibility of being part of a cult. That sounds really weird, but come back next week and you'll see what I mean. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, Take the time to tell a friend. Together we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.